You are listening to Abstraction Saclo, featuring me, Avon. In today's episode, we will be talking about dreams of sex, video game expectations, ice cold sleep, speaking cat, fuck online models, and random facts. For more information about me and all of my projects, please visit nailsthatglow.com. All right, how is everybody doing today? This is episode 18 of Abstractions That Glow. I was trying to have a guest for you again today, but scheduling is not working out for some people, and that's fine. Hopefully, um, next week or the week after, I, I will have some other thoughts from other humanoids here for you. Now, our first subject is dreams of sex. Now, you may be asking yourself, Avon, why are you talking about dreams of sex? This is not a show about such things. What are you going to talk about? Are you going to talk about all these dirty, lascivious uh, words? <laughs> I'm tripping over myself. Okay. Are, are, are you going to... Are you going to be like a, a softcore porn novel and, and be all descriptive and stuff about just sexy dreams and, and stuff? And no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. What I, what I was thinking uh, when I wrote this down um, was I have been having a lot more dreams of sex. Now... To, to kind of frame this in a, in a way that makes a bit more sense for you, um, for those of you who have been following me on my blog, on my social network, I think I've even mentioned it on this show before, but I'm sober. I am a, I'm about a year and a half totally sober and just over two years uh, working on that on that process. And... The, the first step was quitting alcohol, and then I needed to give up uh, marijuana. A few, before then, a few months, uh, years, I had uh, uh, been slowly, you know, removing myself from, you know, other things like uh, opioids and, you know, zannies and you know, all sorts of other stuff that I would, I would just, you know, do. Um, you know, if somebody, if somebody put a, put a line on, on a table and handed me a straw or a rolled up dollar or something, you know, I, I would, I was there. They'd hand me some mushrooms. I was there. I've spent a lot of my life inebriated. I, there was not a long stretch of time in my life where I was sober since, uh, like 13 and you know you may you may think that's a bit weird but it's not because uh, you know Robitussin uh, they used to sell caffeine pills over the counter um, it was real easy to get alcohol like a lot easier than people think and you know pot and mushrooms I mean that stuff flowed like manna from heaven like it always has and it always will. But getting sober also was the same path uh, or the same like time period as I was walking towards the, uh, the destination of uh, hormone replacement therapy and being who I genuinely am. Now I got sober because the pandemic pushed me too far. You know, all, all of the, the Q people out there spreading misinformation, treating me like utter trash, you know, at my job. And I, I worked through the pandemic packaging orders at a Nordstrom Rack, you know, for people who were ordering online and stuff. And, you know, riding the train uh, to work and back home, 
you know, in a completely low-tech hazmat getup because we still weren't sure, uh, you know, what, what vectors COVID had at the time. You know, even my coworkers were like, oh, you're a paranoid. <laughs> I wasn't paranoid. I just didn't want to contract something that we didn't fully understand. And it's coming back. But anyways, that, that isn't what I'm talking about today. Um, the, the thing about getting sober and combining that with hormone replacement therapy is your brain changes how you perceive things, how you deal with things, how you cope with things, how you think about things. Now, especially starting hormone replacement therapy as a transfeminine creature, I go from a uh, testosterone-motivated sex drive, you know, where I was like, you know, polishing my tool twice a day, every day, you know, since I was a teen, to not having much drive to do anything. And it's frustrating for me. I'm approaching year two, and I'm still not really sure what it is that I'm seeking when it comes to sex and, and uh, you know, physical interaction, like, you know, matters of the heart and everything. My partner, she's delightful. And uh, the, the lack of sex, even for me, it's, it's just weird. So it was weird for me when I started having very vivid dreams about sex that didn't actually involve sex. Now, you're, I'm sure you're saying, then why do you call them dreams of sex? Because they made me think about sex in ways that I've never really thought about sex before. See, I've never really been focused on gender. Like, even when I was in denial, like, if you were sexy, you were sexy. You know, boy, girl, you know, whatever. You know, before we started, like, really understanding and before the culture of uh, transsexuals and uh, transculture and, you know, dismantling gender started becoming a thing. I hated gender roles. I hated them since I was a kid. But I've never focused entirely on gender when it comes to what I'm attracted to sexually. I've, of course, you know, like if you talk to anybody from my past, I was mostly in relationships with women. Oddly enough, a lot of them turned out to be lesbians. <laughs> Go figure. But, uh, you know, I was more interested in women because, you know, emotionally speaking, they were what I was looking for. You know, very few men can actually meet you on that same emotional level that, you know, a woman can. You know, and you don't even have to be a cis woman in order, in order to uh, have that kind of, like... Uh, uh, state of being because there are a lot of feminine men and a lot of trans women and a lot of trans feminine people that are very, very like similar, like in my mind. So in these dreams of sex, there were people who were interacting with each other and I felt like I was hiding watching, perceiving, uh, you know, being a voyeur and not in the sexy way, you know, being a, a like it, it was something I was, I was ashamed of. And I don't think I felt shame when it came to sexual attraction in the same way as I have been in these dreams. And it, it's so confusing and confounding to me. And I started thinking about it more since I've been having these dreams. And I've started to realize there is more conversations about sex that are more honest in popular media 
than there ever has been. Because if you think about it, you like think about the 80s and the 90s, even the early 2000s, conversations about sex were very superficial, very, you know, masculine, feminine. If it was homosexual or lesbian in any way, it was there was something wrong with it or you know one one of the one of the members of the relationship was quite obviously the man and the other was quite obviously the woman even if it was two men or two women and then like even the insulting things about like two gay men you know it didn't matter if they were in a monogamous relationship they were they would both just fuck other men like rabid dogs and lesbians would like meet move in and share their bank account the next day <laughs> you know it's like come on you know reducing those uh, uh relationships to like jokes it, but these days we're seeing we're seeing media like uh the animated she-ra owl house uh steven universe um adventure time you know, things that are, are, you know, directed at young people that show positive depictions of uh, uh, queer relationships. You know, Aurora and Catra, like, or Adora, sorry, not Aurora. Adora and Catra has to be one of the greatest love stories I've seen in a, in a children's show um, in a very long time. Mainly because I related to Catra a lot. She had feelings for somebody that she was in denial about, and she lashed out about it. Like, oh my God, Catra, I feel you, girl. I I wasn't really being honest with myself for the longest time, and as soon as she started being honest about herself, to herself, and about like loving Adora and. You know, that she was just coming from a place of anger because she felt a bit like, oh my gosh, just beautiful. But my my dreams of sex are starting to be colored in different ways. I'm starting to think about sex in ways that transcend just physical interactions. And it is so fascinating to me. And there's a lot more I need to, like, think about. Uh, I just, it, you know, I just really wanted to touch on this because I think a lot of you who are, who are you know, a little older, who, you know, came into um, this kind of like expression of LGBTQIA plus uh, queer love community and have opened up about who you are, especially the pandemic, a lot of us started really focusing on ourselves and understanding who we were, came out of the pandemic, trans, queer, you know, and we were okay with it. And so much has changed. And I think we need to have more conversations about that because we just do. But, yeah. Yeah. Some of those dreams are lingering. <laughs> it's just uh, so much to think about there. Second, today, our next topic, um, video game expectations. Now, the, the writer's strike has been expanding into a lot of other realms and I've already brought this up a few times in a few other episodes. I mean, that's how long it's been going. But recently, video game industry has been included in on the strike. Now, I'm not getting into details about all of that right at the moment. Because I really just want to talk about the kind of expectations we tend to have about video games. And what that actually means for video games. And what that means about us when it comes to video games. Now, I've noticed uh, Red Dead Revolver and then Red Dead Redemption. And, you know, instead of, you know, uh, Red Dead Revisited or Red Dead... Uh, 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 Revival or something like that. They just called it Red Dead 
Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, oh my God. How how unimaginative are you people? It's like Soul Blade, then Soul Calibur, Soul Calibur 2, Soul Calibur 3. Oh God. Like, uh, anyways. I think about games like Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto, um, Payday. You know, like the the Call of Duty, <laughs> Counter Strike, like all of these games that are so focused and predicated on just an obnoxious amount of like real world violence. I'm Batman. Batman. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I I hope you weren't really close. I, if you were wearing earphones or earbuds, then I'm Batman. There we go. Um, the expectations people put on these games is ridiculous. You know, like the amount of work that goes into these games, and then. There's no room for flaws. There's no room for, you know, like a hundred dollar, you know, uh, uh, price tag. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. But yeah, like who remembers like and you don't even need to actually remember but you can you can look this up. So like back when the Nintendo was like a thing, games would be anywhere between twenty and forty dollars. You know, like classic games. And when they started reaching thirty dollars, people were like, "Oh my God, thirty dollars for a game? What is this?" You know, and com some computer games started like really approaching that. And it was it was really interesting when uh, CD-ROMs and then DVDs started becoming a thing for for computer games. Uh, you know, like the cost. Oh my God, how much is how much is games going? How bad is this going to get? You know, like if we're if we're paying thirty forty dollars now for a game, what's it gonna be like in twenty years? What's it gonna be like in thirty years? Now, sure, a game like Red Dead Redemption, Assassin's Creed, you know, whatever, they will have this like obnoxious like package where it's like a hundred dollars to get all of these bonus DLCs, get the season pass for like extra, you know gameplay and all this stuff but eventually you know it, it sells for 20 bucks all of it but we don't want to ever pay that much and then when a game like uh, cyberpunk 2077 which i think is a choice game and i don't really care if you don't think so or not they could have waited another few months before releasing it of course for sure but the expectations were so high that nobody playing that game on release was going to be happy. They just weren't. And then you look at how much the animators, the, the artists, the voice actors, the, the, the programmers, the playtesters, you know, all of the people who actually make this game what it is are not getting paid enough. And then we complain about how much the game costs. And then we complain about the game. And then we just buy the next one anyways. It's it's maddening. <laughs> like, you know, no wonder EA just keeps churning out dog shit. Every, like... Every game, it's just dog shit from them. Like, I I don't... I can't remember the last time I played and enjoyed an EA game. And I really wanted to get into, like, some of the older 
well, not older, but like some of the previous Star Wars games that they released, you know, like that, that arena, you know, massive, like, uh, whatever the fuck it, whatever genre it is. Like, I wanted to get into it, but it, I'm like, it's an EA game. It's just going to be, you know, kitschy and the mechanics aren't going to be terribly deep and it's going to be all about like you know, lowest common denominator stuff and like people who played other EA shooters will know the game better because obviously it's just going to play like another EA shooter. But why am I bringing this up? Because Xbox, I have Xbox Game Pass and Starfield showed up on it and I started playing that and (laughs) it I didn't really have a lot of expectations. I was just like, so I'm going to get to play effectively Skyrim, Fallout, mashed together in space. And, you know, that was that was the limit of my expectation. And you know what? That's exactly what I got. I don't know about you, but as buggy and as not perfect as those two games are, I dropped time in those games and I spent money on those games and then I spent money again because I got Skyrim on the three six on the 360 or the one I can't remember and then I got it again digitally and you know because you know, the the next generation, uh, the special edition or whatever, updated and stuff. I just, I love that game. And then Fallout, like, I, I, you know, I got all of the DLC before they raised the prices for some of them. And, you know, I would have happy, happily paid extra for, for that, uh, uh, what's the one that they increased the price on Far Harbor? But anyways... I've been seeing so many articles about the disappointment people have for Starfield. I've been seeing rumors for Red Dead Redemption 3. I've been seeing all sorts of just expectations people lay on these video games. And, like, it's... I I honestly have no idea where I'm going with this. You know, my first two topics today, I'm just all over the place, you know. And this being an unscripted show, you know, it's just thoughts and you're just listening to me ramble and that's fine (laughs) if you haven't stopped by now i'm moving on to the next subject you ready all right now i'm going to talk about ice cold sleep now i love love when it's cold and I'm sleeping. I like it to be anywhere between 55 degrees to 65 degrees and have a very thin blanket, quilt, you know, something that's not too dense because, you know, I my body generates an obnoxious amount of heat, so I just need to keep some of the heat in, but I also need it I need some breathing because I love the cool air on my face and my nose. You know, if I move the covers a little bit, some of the cool air comes in and that just feels so delightful and nice. And I live with somebody who has a sheet, a weighted blanket, uh, a kind of a quilt-like blanket, and then a comforter, a down comforter. And we don't share blankets. We just don't. <laughs> Same bed. Do not share blankets. She's in. She's she's wrapped in. You know, like layers and layers of wrapping. And here I am, effectively with tissue paper, in this cold environment. And I love it. And I've never quite understood what it is about me that likes it like that. And I understand that there are other people who like 
the room to be cold as well, but they still put on a bunch of like layers you know, on the bed to cover themselves up. You know, I, I even know people who want to wear like a sweater and sweatpants, you know, to bed. So they have to make it colder so they don't like just have, you know, sweat the whole night. And I can't understand that. Like if it's going to be cold in the room, you know, there has to be a reason why you want it to be cold. Like... I just hate smelling warm air. I'm not sure what it is. And I spent a lot of time in Georgia and Florida as a youth. Um, you know, born in Michigan, spent a lot of time in Georgia and Florida, went back to Michigan because I hated it there. I mean, I even spent time in Texas and in, in uh, uh, New Mexico. <laughs> it wasn't until I came to, uh, or I went to Seattle and explored the Pacific Northwest where I was like, this is where I want to be. This is perfect. But, um, yeah, it's, I can't imagine sleeping in warm weather. Like, it's miserable for me. And sometimes I have to wonder if that's an evolutionary thing or if it's like a conditioning thing. Because... I've read stories like uh, there's, you know, you know, those books you can get that are about, you know, like transcribing and discussing old journals and diaries of people from the past. I can't remember the name of the person, but they it was crikey. When was it? Gosh, it had to have been like 1840s or something like that. And it was this woman. And she was talking about how her, in one of her entries, how her husband uh, was being very cruel to her because she didn't want to wear uh, clothes to bed. And he he was telling her how ungodly and you know, how unclean and all this other stuff it was. And she was just like, listen, it's too hot. And uh, I wish I could remember. But yeah, um, eventually as, as, as she was writing entries, she started talking about how she was fortunate enough that, uh, you know, her husband made enough money that, you know, they had a large enough house that she was able to, you know, sleep in another room and furnish it and everything. And, you know, like she would still, you know, have sex with her husband. But, you know, when it came to like, you know, sleeping daily and stuff like or nightly, um, she slept in her own room. And she was talking about how freeing it was that she didn't have to, you know, worry about his opinion about how she slept at that point. And what what is that? I I don't even know what that is. Like some people need to sleep certain ways. Like what about you? Do like I know a lot of couples who don't really share a bed so much. Like, they'll live together and stuff, but sometimes their sleeping patterns are so, you know, like, different that, you know, it's, they're not really sharing the bed a lot. Sometimes they'll fall asleep on the couch together, but, you know, they just annoy the shit out of each other. Or they have to get a California king and... They're just sleeping, like, so far apart from each other. It doesn't even matter. I don't know. I love it when it's literally Arctic temperatures. I will wear, like, some undies or nothing and then have, like, barely a thick, at like, blanket. Like, it's... <laughs> I think the... The quilt comforter, I don't even know what it is, I, what, what to call what I use is. It's, it's the, the filling inside, it's almost gone. <laughs> it might as well just be two sheets uh, sewn together, but like, it is perfect for me. <laughs> I'm going to have to get rid of that thing soon. Oh, it's so comfy. 
Uh, anyways, you, you know, some of you should, like, talk to me about these first three subjects. I have no idea where they came from in my head. I just wrote them down, you know, no real goal or point for those. I just Just what came out of my fucking head. But I now want to talk about, are you ready? Speaking Cat. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had people tell me, oh, (laughs) I said speaking cat and both of the cats came out to look at me. I think it's time I'm supposed to feed them. But uh, I, I grew up around animals, horses, dogs, cats, um, I would have loved to spend more time around horses. Uh, I I wasn't uh, blessed with the ability to have a dog of my own uh, when I was a kid, but I was able to have a cat, and I loved her. I loved her so much, and I I had a bunny for a while, and then I. Uh, Uh, got another kitty and you know the bunny and the kitty both passed and you know that was very sad I still haven't recovered from both of them I haven't been able to get another bunny or a cat since but um when I moved in with my partner uh she had two cats and you know one of them notoriously difficult to you know, communicate with, to become friends with. And I think about the sixth time I hung out with him. His name's Thor. He's orange and white. He he started to let me pet him. And, you know, my, my, my girl was like, oh, my God. He, he lets you touch him. And I'm like, it's because I fucking speak cat. That is a legit superpower. And a lot of people think, you know, cats are, are, you know, like impossible to get to know, to understand, to be able to wrap your head around. And I know I talked about some of this in, in I think, uh, episode 11. You know, cats are, are complex creatures, but once you once you start paying attention to them and their personalities and how they communicate individually and there are like certain things that cats have in common you can make friends with any cat if you have a cat that doesn't talk to you and doesn't come around when people are in the house you're a bad cat parent like thor he he's very protective of his mom and they're like he gets a bit squirrely when strangers come in the house but all things considered his mom never complains that he is an asshole cat she adores him she never says anything negative about him he may be hiding but it's because he's just nervous around other people around his mom and around me perfect he comes out, he socializes, he cuddles, he, he'll climb over, over me when I'm sleeping, and he'll kick us out of bed, and he even, like, uh, you know, forces us into the living room, like, we have to be in the same room, <laughs> all of us have to be in the same room, he needs to know everybody is together. He even yelled at me today when I got up from the sofa to go into the kitchen to, to do dishes. He was yelling at me like, why are you in here? I was I was cuddling with you. And like he was just right next to my sh- shoulder. <laughs> like, I think cats, speaking cat, is kind of also an interesting way to uh, start approaching uh, just talking to people you don't understand. Like, I did have an actual goal for this subject. So, p- 
people have misconceptions about how to communicate with cats and they feel it's impossible and that it that like reaching a, a middle ground or or an understanding with a cat is impossible because oh my god cats are just assholes cats you know if they decide they don't like you they just will never like you i will tell you 100% honestly I've never met a cat that I cannot become friends with. Some cats take longer than others for sure. But if if you're if you just take the time, you can become friends with any cat. Now big cats that's a completely different thing, but you know, domestic cats, you know, Maine Coons, American Shorthairs, you know, all of those others, you can be anybody can become friends with a cat. Anybody. And I challenge some people out there, apply that to people you currently don't think you understand and that you don't think will understand you. Like, don't treat them like a fucking animal, obviously, but think about it in the same way. Patience, understanding, openness, consistency. You know, that's, that's, humans need that as much as cats do. You know, dogs, they don't give two shits. We did a fucking number on dogs. We ruined their fucking brains. We destroyed them. Same with cows. Like, those were smart animals before we started genetically modifying them. Like, we, we bred dogs and cows into some of the stupidest animals ever. And dogs are delightful. Don't get me wrong. Dogs are delightful, and they're, they're intelligent and bright in their own way and certain things. But compared to wolves, dogs are not smart. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, we, we bred dogs that were subservient to us and liked us. We bred that. We we didn't do that to cats because cats were like, yeah, you're not going to change me, bitch. <laughs> I'm a motherfucking cat. So that's what I mean by, you know, maybe approach people you don't understand in the same way. Patience, consistency, understanding. If you approach people you don't understand in that way, with an openness to try to to try to understand them. I'm sure we could get rid of a lot of misunderstandings and problems that we currently are experiencing between different subcultures, different religions, different uh, socioeconomic uh, like like walls that people are building up. I you know, I just challenge you to try that out. I'd be really great if you could. I mean, it took me a long time to get rid of a lot of my cynicism, to really focus on myself and to think about the kind of person I was and the kind of person I wanted to show others. It took me a long time. And I've opened myself up to a lot lot of different kinds of people that I don't think I would have before. So, learn to speak cat. All right. Now is my favorite part of the show, and that is fuck something. Now, I don't mean actually, you know, like fuck something because, like, this isn't a porn. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it could be. I'm here with your pizza. Okay, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Viva La Dirt League, that's right. Um the 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 Epic NPC man where um <laughs> anyways. Uh okay. Fuck online models. Alright? Just no. Alright? Insta models, TikTok models, Facebook models, wh- wherever these bitches and assholes are posting, fuck them. Okay? Fuck the 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 K family, you know. Fuck all of them. 
they are all literal pieces of trash and shit. Like, I just fuck all of you. And, you know, I respect Paris Hilton for a lot of things. But what I don't respect is when she calls herself a self-made woman. Bitch, you came from a really wealthy family. I'm pretty sure I could do a lot if I was born into a family where I was like, hey, you know what? I want to spend five years like learning how to do these kind of artsy fuckery things and buy my way into like a TV show and some magazines and, you know, already you know, know all of these other wealthy people. Like, come on, bitch. (laughs) You know, like Bezos got like, you know, like quarter of a million dollars from his family. You know, fucking Elon Musk got money from his emerald mine dad. Like these, fuck them. Anyway, okay, pull it in, pull it in, pull it in. These online models that do an obnoxious amount of photo editing and photo manipulation, and then post it without, you know, even mentioning that they've done this. They can fuck right off. Now, I understand you're trying to sell a, a an image, a, a fantasy, whatever like that, you know, but I would respect these models more and not be so hostily cruel about saying fuck them if they would just say oh by the way there is photo editing that happens here nobody is perfect you know this is an artistic expression you know blah 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 you know and like occasionally post unedited pictures of themselves so they could be like this is what a real woman's body looks like or this is what a real man's body looks like but no, they don't. You know, I, I've seen the difference in some of these photographs where some of these women, you know, have proportions that are nothing like what they actually post. You know, like the, the smoothness that they show on their thighs just doesn't exist in real life. The the flat belly that you see in the photographs just isn't the truth. And I, I understand, you know, there's, there's like an illusion in a, in a, uh, you know, this, this kind of fictionalized, like, uh, ideal that, you know, even comic books are still guilty of this, like horrendously impossible, like shape of a woman and shape of a man that like people are like it it hurts you know I read some of these classic comic books I grew up with and I'm like holy fuck Storm is tiny like Storm was a fucking stick figure you know like in the 80s like no dimensions to her she was a stick with some with some boobs. It wasn't until like the nineties that they started rounding her out, but she was still like a Victoria's Secrets model, and that that kind of annoying, you know. Like women, <laughs> Ugh. anyways. And I even get into arguments with my partner about how women develop musculature and how women can be muscular. You know, like Gal Gadot apparently worked out for Wonder Woman, but she doesn't look like she did much more than, you know, maybe some yoga. (laughs) I don't fucking know what she did or what she told people she did. Like, even, even some of the modern comic books don't really you know, want to give Wonder Woman a lot of muscles, but she's a fucking Amazon warrior. She's a goddess. Like, god damn it. Give her, give her some biceps. Give her some, like, meaty shoulders. Like, she, there's no way Wonder Woman would have the body of a fucking Vic Secrets model. Like, come on. But anyways, fuck these online models. You're, you're fucking up. You're, you're like, especially 
trans boys and girls that are Insta models, y'all need to pull back on some of this photo manipulation. Okay? There are so many beautiful trans girls that I follow on social media who are gorgeous. And so many very handsome trans men. And they are doing nothing but comparing themselves to the rest of y'all who have hundreds of millions of dollars to, to spend on, you know, cosmetic surgeries that most of us will never be able to afford and a staff of people to touch up your photos before they're posted on your Insta, okay? Pull back on that shit, all right? Be more honest. And for for you women, cis women and cis men who are like prop like supporting and propping up this impossible standard that you know needs to die on Instagram and and you know TikTok and all these other places. Fuck you. Okay? You know what you're doing and you need to stop. It is not healthy. There are little boys and girls out there that are looking at you and are going to hate themselves because they will never look like that because it is impossible for some people to look certain ways. We need to we need to hold up the Lizzo's of the world. <laughs> we absolutely do. You know, we need to we need to hold up the guys that, you know, have you know, a handsome face and like a good workout regimen, but still have like a barrel chest and like, you know, maybe, you know, some jowls, like, because that's just how their genetics work out. Like, y'all just need to take a seat back and be nicer to the kids and to other people, right? Like, just y'all can fuck yourselves. Anyways. And now for random facts. I don't really know what to talk about. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm playing Starfield. It's pretty great. I kind of wish there was, like, there's a great pronoun option. You know, I, I have a feminine-looking character with they-them pronouns. Very synced up to, to me. Like, I'm, I manipulated their face as much as possible to give it, to give them you know, some of the characteristics that I possess, but, you know, there's also some, like, you know, idealizing there, because, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm going through uh, uh, my first appointment for, to talk about uh, facial surgery, feminiz feminizing facial surgery, and, you know, I think I just want to get, like, a, a slight adjustment on my jawline and uh i think that's it really like maybe something with my forehead i haven't quite figured that out but you know um starfield you know if you have game pass on xbox uh be it the the console or the uh, windows you know do check it out I think it's a, a pretty great successor to the time sync that was Skyrim and Fallout 4. Um, I don't know if it's worth really investing all the extras for like the premium editions and stuff. Like, ugh. but also, fucking Microsoft Game Studios and all your like absorbed companies, you need to just pay these people. Okay, be the beacon, Microsoft. Do that. You, you bitches have the money. Just fucking do that. Set this standard. And Sony, suck a dick. Like, you guys just make impossible, like, architecture anyways. Like, if people aren't making games in-house, it's almost impossible for people to make great games for your systems. Like, fucking get over it like just make it easier for people to develop games for you and you know follow suit i don't know <laughs> uh this episode is so random anyways you know i i think i'm gonna end you know i don't really have a lot of random facts um 
Uh, oh, last random fact. I discovered Kim Dracula recently, uh, and the 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 Tech Nine song with Kim Dracula on it. Oh my God! Just Tech Nine, you to man, Kim Dracula. <laughs> wow, Kim Dracula, you are delicious, and I I if I could ever meet you, I would legit die, cause you are gorgeous. And I am in awe of your, like, artistic expression. And I just can't wait to see you grow as an artist. Like, it's just going to be amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm crushing on Kim Dracula, y'all. I'm, you know, I, I tried looking up, you know, gender and, you know, are they queer or not? And, like, I love that they're keeping all of that ambiguous, like, beautiful. And purple hair. Like, Hey, hey, Dracula. Sup? You want to hang out with the space cat with purple hair? Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm telling on myself here. Uh, anyways, thank you so much for joining me for episode 18 of Abstractions That Glow and the chaos that was this episode and just how all over the place and random it, it was. Um... You know, I want to remind you that I'm taking a bit of time off from first drafts that glow, but I am posting all of volume one and all of the episodes of volume two that were not uh, posted as audio podcasts. I'm posting them daily. Um, I think I'm going to skip the weekends, but hopefully those will all be posted before I come back for first drafts that glow. Um and uh you know my birthday is september 23rd uh if you go to nailsaglow.com i have a few stores you could order some stuff from i have a wish list on uh throne and i even have one on amazon that you can find links to you know support the show support your lovely space cat and uh you know just show some love and, uh, you know, tell people about this show, my other shows, my blog, which, you know, I talk about being sober, being trans and, you know, stuff that I think about. And, you know, if 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 you're interested in that, go check it out. I also post Spotify playlists that I have made about, you know, with uh, music that I really enjoy um, and really old projects of mine and I'm starting to post more and more uh, of my older stuff but yeah anyways I love you have a beautiful weekend and you know I'll be here I'll see you around